Hello and welcome back to Dramini Audio Fix. My name is Amber, and today I'll be reading Chapter 28 of All You Want by Senlin Yu. This fic is rated E for explicit and does contain consensual sex. Chapter 28 Particular Tastes Hermione felt a petty sense of satisfaction at how surprised everyone was that she was dating Draco Malfoy six months after the Battle of Hogwarts. For the first several days, the school seemed to be in a state of stunned denial. Nobody tried anything because everyone seemed too astonished to think of anything to do. Hermione and Draco tried to steer clear of public spaces. They took long, circuitous routes through the castle and studied in secluded corners of the library. Hermione would receive pointed stares when she waited for Draco to get out of class, but all in all, she and Draco were left alone. Hermione only had to worry about Pansy, who made no effort whatsoever to conceal her disapproval, and Harry and Ron, whom she had sent letters to informing that she and Draco were in a relationship. She added a postscript with a list of creative curses that she threatened to use if she received any howlers on the subject. Mostly, Hermione worried about Pansy because she couldn't figure out what Pansy was planning. The Slytherin girl would icily watch Hermione from across the Great Hall as though she were either waiting or daring Hermione to do something. Hermione tried several times to corner and speak to Pansy, but Pansy was almost never alone. Finally, Hermione went and asked Ginny to pair them for rounds. Ginny raised a skeptical eyebrow. Parkinson? Really? What is this? S-P-E-W for Slytherins? Are you planning to adopt all of them? Hermione rolled her eyes. I actually need to talk to her, and she's avoiding me. So your solution is to do rounds with her? Can't you just owl her? Neville is the only person who will do rounds with her. I tried and nearly bat-bogey-hexed her before we made it halfway through the castle. Hermione shook her head. It needs to be in person. I think she thinks I'm taking advantage of Draco. I feel like that's a conversation that shouldn't happen by post. She gave Ginny a pointed look. She's actually not that bad. A bit prickly, maybe. But she's very loyal to her friends. Ginny made a face. Pansy Parkinson is what you'd get if you crossed a porcupine with a blast-ended scroot. She kept her head very low last year. She shrugged and scribbled a note on the prefect's schedule. I'm sure Neville will be grateful for the break. She's on the roster in two days. All right, I'll take it. Thanks, Jin. Ginny pulled a wry face. Sure. By the way, how are things going with you and Malfoy? Hermione gave a small smile and tilted her head from side to side. We're just getting to know each other. We mostly do a lot of homework. The course load right now is a bit intense. All the projects are supposed to be wrapped up before Christmas holidays, so everything is due in the next week or two. Ginny nodded. Even Bill and Percy both dropped down to eight newts their last year. I can't believe you decided to do nine. Hermione shrugged. I still don't know what I want to do once I graduate, so I want to keep my options open. Bill and Percy were both heads, so I think I have more free time than they did. What's Malfoy doing with so many? Hermione looked at the floor. He's banned from all extracurriculars. I think it's something to do. There was a pause and Ginny fidgeted. Hermione looked up. What? It's nothing, Ginny said easily. What is it? Ginny tilted her head to the side. I don't know if it's really worth mentioning. It's kind of all hearsay, you know. I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to sabotage things. Hermione gave Ginny a long look and snorted. 
Just tell me. I just, last week, before you and Malfoy were dating and being all coupley, I heard him in the library with Daphne Greengrass. Hermione blinked and choked slightly. With Daphne? Ginny blanched and waved her hands. No, no, God, no. Not like with, with her. Just talking with her. You know how she's been after him all year. Hermione gave a short nod. She had noticed Daphne's dogged pursuit of Draco since he came bolting into Hermione's compartment on the Hogwarts Express. Daphne was apparently impossible to dissuade, because even once Hermione and Draco had become official, Daphne continued to hover around Draco whenever she got a chance. Hermione had found Daphne cornering Draco when she went to find him after History of Magic. When Draco caught sight of Hermione, he had turned bright red and nearly knocked Daphne over in his haste to grab Hermione and bolt. Hermione had tried to ask about it, but he seemed extremely uncomfortable discussing the situation. Anyway, Daphne was trying to wrangle an invitation for herself and Astoria to Malfoy Manor during the holidays. Oh, Hermione said in a low voice. Her next heat would be during the holidays, right through Christmas. Hermione had been trying not to think about it, trying not to pressure or presume anything about her and Draco's exploratory relationship, but she'd sort of thought, well... She and Draco hadn't been dating at the time of his conversation with Daphne. He usually went home for the holidays. It wasn't as though most people thought through life in three-month increments. Talking to him about her next heat had been on her to-do list, but she'd kept putting it off in hopes of having at least a week of being official under their belt before she asked him to skip his Christmas holidays and have another shagathon with her. The moment hadn't been quite right for that conversation. Ginny continued oblivious to Hermione's internal processing. Malfoy wasn't interested in whatever Daphne was trying for, but then Daphne brought up, and remember, this is just hearsay, I'm just telling you what I heard, but... Ginny swallowed. Apparently, Malfoy plays for both teams, if you know what I mean. Hermione blinked, dragged from her musing over her upcoming heat. What? Ginny shuffled and twirled a finger in her hair. Daphne was saying Malfoy basically spent his whole summer shagging Knot and Zabini, which isn't to put a damper on what you guys are doing. Ginny waved her hands awkwardly toward Hermione. I just thought you might want to know that Malfoy is bisexual. It doesn't really affect things for you, since you're an Omega. And obviously he dated Pansy too, so I'm assuming he goes both ways. Ginny studied Hermione and jumped slightly. And remember... It's just hearsay. I could be wrong. Maybe I misunderstood. I just thought I'd mention it. Draco was shagging Theo and Blaze over the summer? Hermione's tone failed to capture the utter depths of her bewilderment. I think so. Jenny's face screwed up. Please don't hate me for telling you that. Hermione stood staring at Jenny in confusion. Draco was bisexual? She didn't mind. It didn't necessarily even feel relevant. It just seemed... unlikely. Draco was friends with Theo and Blaze, close friends, but Hermione had never noticed any kind of interactions with them that seemed particularly familiar in a physical sense. Not the way Draco touched her. But maybe his behavior around her was more unusual due to the biological factors. Draco didn't really let her touch him. He was obsessive about touching and pleasuring her, the way alphas typically were, but whenever she tried to reciprocate, aside from licking and caressing his glands, he was always quick to pull her hands away and pin her down until she stopped. 
despite the innumerable times they'd shagged, she'd barely even touched his cock with her hands, which indicated... She wasn't really sure what that indicated. She kept staring blankly at Ginny. She felt as though her brain were stuck in a spirograph. Allegedly, Draco had been having sex with Theo and Blaze over the summer. A lot of sex, according to what Ginny had overheard. At the same time, did Draco do triads? Was he polyamorous, too? And, it was worth noting, he'd been involved in an all-male threesome during the summer when he said he fancied her. Hermione's head was throbbing with confusion. It didn't add up. Then there was Theo, who also supposedly fancied her. Were Slytherins bisexual as a rule? Her mind kept whirling. Do you want me to just ask him? Ginny interrupted Hermione's internal musing. No, I'll ask. Hermione waved Ginny off. We're trying to improve our communication anyway. This will be a stepping stone for us, I suppose. Hermione was trying to imagine how the conversation would go. Draco, are you bisexual? What did you do during the summer? Have you ever had a threesome? Were there any female participants? Was Theo upset that we were having sex because he likes me or because he likes you? Why did you and Pansy actually break up? Is there a reason you don't let me touch you? Hermione drifted away from Ginny, still deep in thought. She found herself outside of Draco's charms class. The door swung open and the students filed out. Draco's eyes lit up when he walked out and saw her. Thoughts of Draco being a polyamorous bisexual abruptly vanished. It's my gnome-sized bodyguard, here to escort me through the halls, he said in a dry voice as he walked over to her. Hermione snorted. He smirked and took her hand as they headed toward the library. Although, despite your stature, you are much scarier than Crab and Goyle ever were. Hermione rolled her eyes and scoffed. People aren't scared of me. Draco stopped walking and looked down at her. People are terrified of you. Are you not aware of this? Hermione smiled up at him and shook her head. They're not, Draco. Draco sighed and he donned a beleaguered expression, as though he were explaining first-year charm work to her. Hermione, don't take offense, but you are the scariest non-evil person I have ever met. Hermione drew her chin down, raising her eyebrows as she gave a loud and undignified snort. Me? Really? Not Harry, who actually defeated Voldemort? Or Molly Weasley, who defeated your aunt? Or Neville? He chopped off Nagini's head with a sword. What about Ron? He and Neville are the ones who took down Fenrir Greyback. She shook her head. I'm not some shrinking violet, but I'm hardly the scariest non-evil person. I'm hardly scary at all. I'm very friendly. Draco rolled his eyes. Right. Hermione sniffed primly and turned to continue toward the library. It's not like you trapped a journalist in a jar and then blackmailed her in your fourth year. Draco's drawling voice floated down the hall. Hermione froze and turned to look back at him. How did you know about that? He shrugged and caught up with her. Slytherin. Hermione snorted and poked him in the ribs. Telling Rita Skeeter to shove her quill up her arse if she didn't want to be reported as an illegal animagus hardly makes me scary. He caught her hand before she could poke him again. Maybe not as an isolated incident, but then there's hexing a girl's face permanently in fifth year, and sicking centaurs on umbrage, and let's not forget that wand you still carry. Draco gave her a pointed look. Hermione pulled her hand away and fidgeted with the pocket in her robes where Bellatrix's wand sat, looking down at her shoes. 
That's just because of the wand shortage. It's not like I want to use it. Ollivander is still recovering. With all the first years and imprisoned muggle-borns whose wands were snapped, it seemed selfish to push to get a new wand when there are so many people still who haven't got one at all. She looked up at Draco. It hardly even works for me half the time. So, if anything, that proves I'm not scary. Draco shook his head and exhaled sharply through his nose. He reached out and his hand ghosted along her waist. Hermione, the fact you weren't the one to defeat Greyback or chop the head off a giant snake doesn't affect how frightening you are. Longbottom, Weasley, and Potter have their moments, I'll admit. But the difference is that they know it. Potter knows full well he's never going to top defeating the Dark Lord. Longbottom's crowning moment as a Gryffindor legend was beheading that snake. Weasley describes taking down Greyback to every reporter he speaks to. Draco took her by the shoulders. You, on the other hand, don't regard anything you do as being unreasonable or out of the ordinary. You are terrifying without noticing. Trust me, the rest of the school has not failed to notice. I walk through the halls now as though I have a barrier charm attached to me. It's got a six-foot diameter that Blaze refers to as the fear of Granger. Hermione rolled her eyes so hard she thought momentarily they'd gotten stuck. That is because Ginny has stepped up the anti-bullying measures. No, it is not. The prefects are also afraid of me now. It may have escaped the attention of you, Potter, and Weasley, but most of the school has been afraid of you since fifth year. You are tiny and terrifying, and... He smirked roguishly. It makes you very sexy. Hermione gave a low laugh and gave up. All right, fine. I'm your very, very scary gnome-sized girlfriend. The entire school quakes in fear of me, I'm sure. They really do, Draco nodded. What does that make you, then? She looked up at him. If I'm the scary one. Draco blinked and then smiled, giving a carelessly arrogant shrug. Lucky. Hermione didn't mean to snog him in the middle of a hallway, but there was barely anyone around. She grabbed hold of his robes and pulled him down until his lips met hers. You know, you're rather scary sometimes, too, she said after a minute. She drew back enough to look in his eyes. When you're being protective of me, it's rather terrifying and sexy, too, he smirked. That's the general idea. Terrifying for them, sexy for you. He backed her up to the wall and kissed her. If anyone passed them or glared or said anything derogatory, Hermione and Draco were both oblivious to it. Several hours later, when they had finished their study period in the library, Hermione's mind found its way back to her conversation with Ginny. She started rehearsing ways of bringing up the subject and then scrapping them. Did it matter? Yes and no. She was fairly sure about his feelings— there was an undeniable intensity between them. When their eyes met, sometimes she'd feel his emotions. She was almost sure it was real, that it wasn't somehow all just biology manipulating them. But she still had moments where she feared she might be deluding herself. She wished she could stop being an Omega for a day, just to interact with Draco and feel certain that it wasn't all just a hormonal illusion. She didn't know where to fit a summer fling with Blaze and Theo into her mental framework. It wasn't as though they'd discussed sexual history. Maybe he'd just casually had sex with his two best friends because he was a horny alpha. Somehow that seemed doubtful. The more she got to know him, 
the more it seemed that Draco really wasn't the casual sex type. So, non-casual triads? If so, where did that leave them? Draco was possessive of her, but it wasn't as though Alpha's possessive traits made them inherently monogamous. If Draco were polyamorous, she wanted to know. Because if he expected her to eventually share him with anyone else, male or female, well, she'd need to go scream down a well for a good long spell. The idea of anyone else touching him made her chest feel tight and her head pound so that she could barely see straight. But what if he really were? And he didn't tell her because as an alpha, his biological imperative was to please her over himself. Now that it was on her mind, it was bothering her intensely how one-sided their sexual relationship was. It wasn't as though she didn't try to give, but every time she was clear-headed enough to try, Draco very intentionally derailed it. Why wouldn't he want her to touch him? It wasn't an alpha thing. She had read enough books on the subject to be quite sure of that. It was something to do with Draco personally. Maybe she'd been really awful at things when she'd been in heat and she didn't remember. Let's go to our room, she said abruptly. Draco looked over at her. Now? Hermione blushed. Yes, now. If you want. If you don't, we don't need to. Are you all right? Draco's eyebrows drew together as he studied her carefully. He reached out and brushed his hand against her wrist. I'm fine. Her voice jumped slightly. She swallowed and shrugged. It's not... I just wanted to go anyway. Just because. She looked at him, searching for a reaction. I just wanted to because it's us, and not for any other reason. He stared at her for a second longer. Then the corner of his eyes crinkled and he smiled. They did that when it was a real smile, she had realized. His eyes smiled first. The rest of his features followed a moment later. Even when his expression remained impassive, she could see him smile in the corner of his eyes sometimes. Sure. She smiled back at him. The moment the door of their room was shut, she dropped her bag on the floor and turned toward him. She grabbed his robes in both hands, kissed him, and backed him across the room toward the couch. Grange, Hermione he said in a confused tone as he narrowly avoided tripping over the coffee table and then fell back onto the couch. "'What are you doing?' "'I'm kissing you,' she said as she climbed into his lap, straddling him as she arched herself against him and kissed him again, ardently. Then she drew back and tangled her fingers in his hair. "'I'm sitting on you. Now I'm kissing you again.' She captured his mouth with hers once more. "'Yes,' he drew his head back and stared at her. "'I got that bit.' But you seem... He paused, clearly uncertain about how to phrase what he wanted to say. This is a bit different than usual. Hermione raised her eyebrows. We've only been dating a few days. What's usual? His mouth twitched. She leaned forward and kissed him lightly on the corner of his mouth. I just... Normally when we're together, I'm... She swallowed. I want it to be more us and less me. Draco gave a low laugh, caught her face in his hands, and kissed her forehead. Trust me, Hermione. I don't have any complaints. Hermione stiffened slightly. Well, I do. Draco's eyes widened and his expression flickered. Hermione hurried on. It bothers me that I don't do anything. I don't want to just be either passive or needy. I want to do things to you, too. If you want, would you... She traced her fingers down his torso. Want me to? To do things to you? She studied him carefully. His irises expanded sharply. 
She felt heat stir in her lower abdomen. She leaned forward and kissed his neck below his ear. Let me, she whispered. Let me do this for you. Please, Draco. She sat back and looked at him. Can I? I'm not going to object if you want to. His voice seemed to have dropped somewhere in his chest. The words seemed to vibrate through the air. But you don't need to. She cut him off with a kiss. Then she sat back. Hermione shivered. She doubted he was aware of it, but the moment she'd whispered in his ear, his pheromones had filled the air until it felt like a curtain wrapped around them. She could feel the thrum of the dynamic between them. Dominant. Her alpha. Submissive. His omega. As though she'd unlocked something that he'd been keeping carefully contained. She leaned forward and kissed him. Slow. Deep. She slipped her tongue out and teased across his lower lip before catching it lightly between her teeth. Her hand slipped up and began unbuttoning his shirt as she trailed kisses along his jaw until his head fell back. She parted his shirt and drew back, brushing her hands along his neck so that her thumbs grazed his scent glands. He shivered and drew a low breath. She slid her hands down his torso and leaned forward, pressing her lips against the gland on one side of his throat. She breathed in and felt her spine prickle at the heady, overwhelming scent of him. I want to be good for you. I want to be enough for you. I want to make you happy, as happy as you can be. She pressed a kiss on his other gland and then drew back. Her pulse was thrumming, and she was more anxious about what she was currently doing than she'd been when she asked him out. If I do something you don't like, you can tell me. She was growing warm from a mixture of nervousness and arousal. His cock was hard, pressed up against her knickers as she straddled him. She fought against the instinctive urge to grind against him. If she got hornier, she might lose her head and ruin things. She met Draco's eyes as she slowly slid back. She lowered her head and brushed her lips against his torso. She felt the scars on his chest under her lips. She kissed them. She slid further down until she was off his lap and kneeling between his legs. Her hands were resting lightly on his knees. She looked up at him. His eyes were black, and the way he stared at her made her breath catch. The room felt taut with the intensity emanating from him. He seemed almost frozen as he looked at her. Her heart was pounding in her chest. Do I please you, Alpha? Are you pleased with me? She was still meeting his eyes as she slowly slid her hand up his leg. She could feel the muscles through his trousers, and she traced along his thigh until she reached the buttons. His cock was straining through the fabric, and it twitched when her hand brushed over it. She drew a shivery breath as she opened them and unbuttoned his boxers. His fingers twitched as she slipped her hand into the opening. She wrapped her hand around his length and took him out. She could feel his gaze on her as she studied him. He was large. She knew he was very large, but when it was only a few inches away from her face, he suddenly seemed larger. She had a moment of doubt about whether her mouth opened that much. Draco's fingers twitched again, and Hermione became aware of how utterly still he was, how tense his legs were as she leaned against them and studied his cock. She held it firmly, leaned forward, and slowly wrapped her lips around him. She raised her eyes and met his. The air was cut open as Draco gave a harsh, quick gasp through his teeth. His left hand darted out and slid along her jaw, warm, reassuring, and desperate. She took him deeper, and his touch vanished. 
His hand dropped down onto the couch, and he dug his fingers into the upholstery. He gave a low groan. The intensity of his reaction felt like fire in her. She inhaled and tried to relax her jaw and focus on what she was doing. She drew her head slowly back, sliding her tongue against him. His chest heaved. His knuckles were white. His eyes were wide and dark as though he couldn't tear them away from her. He tasted... She wasn't sure how to describe it as her tongue slid against his cock. Like scent marking, it activated something fundamental in her mind. She could feel the intensity of her effect on him. He was hers. She was his. It felt as though she were giving him something he hadn't been permitting himself to want. She could feel it in the air and smell it in the way his pheromones reacted to her. There was heat pooling in her lower abdomen. She slid her hand along his length as she dipped her head down and drew back again, flicking her tongue against the underside. Draco jerked and gave a ragged moan. His hands reached out and tangled in her hair. She carefully continued, trying to find the right rhythm. His hands slid away from her hair and down to her neck, caressing her glands. Hermione gave a deep moan and felt her jaw relax more. Draco gave a low gasp. She hadn't realized how intensely arousing it would be to have him in her mouth, how vividly she'd experience his response. He pressed his thumbs more firmly against her glands, and it sent a pulse of arousal through her. Her hips bucked forward as she kept moving her hand and exploring him with her tongue. She kept going until she felt the base of his cock start to expand. She paused. She'd sort of forgotten about that part. She removed her mouth and studied him still sliding her hand up and down the length of him. She hadn't realized how large the knot became. Anatomically speaking, given its purpose, she knew it had to be large, but somehow she hadn't really considered how large. Hand-drawn diagrams in textbooks didn't really do the sight justice. Come here. His voice was thick, rasping. His hold on her neck tightened as though he were trying to draw her back up onto his lap. Hermione pulled back, her hold on his cock tightening as she lowered her head and pressed kisses along the underside of his shaft, darting her tongue out, nipping gently with her lips until she reached the base and lightly dragged her tongue across the knot. Fuck! Draco's entire body spasmed under her, and his hold on her neck tightened. It was a different form of losing control, not jealous possessiveness. He was losing control because of what she did to him. His hands were almost shaking, and he kept brushing his thumbs against her glands again and again. Good girl. Good girl. You're such a good girl. I'm so pleased with you. She could feel the words in the way he touched her. She was nearly shaking with her own desire. She pressed her legs together, feeling achingly empty. She was so wet that she could smell her arousal. She knew Draco had been smelling it long before she had. He was breathing through his teeth, and she kept lapping her tongue across his knot as her hand continued to slide up and down the length of him until she could feel his legs shaking. Come here, he said again. His voice was a growl. Hermione did not. She lifted her mouth from his knot and met his eyes. As she stared up at him, she opened her mouth, wrapped her lips around his cock, and took him as deeply as she could. Draco gave a groan that was half a snarl and his head dropped back. Then he sat up and caught her jaw in his hands. You are so fucking perfect. His thumbs ghosted along her cheekbones. Your gorgeous mouth on my cock. Such a perfect omega. Your mouth is perfect, 
and your cunt is perfect, and everything about you is so fucking perfect. You are such a good girl. His eyes were so dark she could barely see the silver, and his expression was ravenous and as greedy as she felt. He held her face in his hands but let her keep her own pace, didn't try to push her head down further than she could manage. He kept praising her. Filthy, filthy words, and his fingers brushed against her cheeks and jaw, caressing her, assuring her that he was so, so pleased with her. Hermione's lips twitched, and she would have smiled if she could. She could feel her saliva trailing from the corners of her mouth and down his shaft as she tried to coordinate the rhythm of her hand and mouth. She dragged her tongue along the vein, twisted her tongue against the frenulum, and felt him pulse in her mouth. He dropped back, and his fingers spasmed against her jaw as he came. Hermione swallowed. There wasn't anything to do but swallow. She swallowed and swallowed, but she was unprepared for just how much he'd come. She could feel it escaping her lips and sliding down his cock and over her fingers. When he stopped, she drew her mouth off him and carefully sat to licking him clean. The tension in him had melted away, but one of his hands remained on her jaw, gently stroking her cheek. Hermione focused on catching up every drop, on his cock on her fingers, on his knot. Gentle. Soothing. His cum felt like she were dosing herself with an aphrodisiac. She was growing so aroused it was almost painful. Her nipples were hard, and her clit throbbed every time her tongue darted out to catch up another drop. When there was nothing left to lick up, she finally looked up at him again. He was too hard and knotted to put back into his trousers, but she almost wished she could. To make clear to herself, not for her, for him. She wanted to climb onto his lap, impale herself on him, and bury her face in his neck. Come here. It was the third time he'd said the words. Unlike the first two times, the alpha tone was heavy in his voice. It shivered through Hermione's nerves until she felt attuned to him on a subatomic level. Heat flooded her lower abdomen. She gave a small whimper in the back of her throat as she scrambled up onto his lap. He kissed her. The taste of him was still on her tongue. His cock was trapped between their bodies, and his hands tangled in her hair as he kissed her. She ground into his thigh and arched her torso against the hard planes of his body. His hands slid down and started unbuttoning her shirt. She caught them and stopped him. No, it's fine. This was for you. He slid his hands up around her neck, and she kept holding them as he tangled one in her hair and drew her head back. You said us, didn't you? You're a part of the us equation. She hesitated. He leaned forward so that his lips were ghosting over her glands. I can smell how aroused you are. I could smell how aroused you got sucking me. Let me fuck you now. Your mouth is incredible, but your cunt is mine. I want to feel you come on my cock. Her hands dropped and she felt him smile against her throat. Good girl. End of chapter 28 Narrator's Note Thank you so much for listening to Dramini Audio Fix. I recently set up a coffee page, that's K-O-F-I, for those of you who would like to support my work with a donation. You will find the link in the episode and podcast description. Thank you so much for your support.